So what's going to happen when you finally set boundaries? You're going to get respect. You may actually like your job. You're going to get more done and you're going to have balance. Let's dig in. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, 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 everyone. It's Emily Reagan. I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast today. Today, we're going to talk about something that is really important, and I've promised you an episode on this topic for a while, and today we are talking about boundaries. Boundaries are the physical, emotional, and mental limits that you use to protect yourself from being drawn in too much into your clients' lives or being manipulated by others or violated by others. And the truth is boundaries are essential when you are a freelance worker. Otherwise, you can just be completely open to nonstop contact. Your clients can be in all forms of communication tools, every type of app there is and inbox there is trying to reach you. And it can really wear you down and create burnout in your business, where you start to resent your clients, where you don't like to do the work. It can turn you into a workaholic if you don't have boundaries. It's bad for your relationships uh, with clients. It does damage with your clients when they are getting someone who's working too hard, too much, and doing really an unrealistic job of what a normal person would do if you don't have those boundaries. So that makes it hard for budgeting, for estimating projects and launches and all of that. And boundaries in general, they're just bad for your health. It affects your sleep, your self-care, your weight gain, and it does affect the quality of your work when you're suffering in all of these areas. So the freelancer is in a tough position because so much of our work involves having clients and doing the work for clients. And sometimes we can feel like we trade working for the boss for a million other little bosses all telling us what to do. But you have to remember as a freelancer, as a service provider, as a virtual assistant of any kind, you are first and foremost a business owner. You get to choose who you work with and what that work looks like, and you get to set boundaries in this work. This is why you became a business owner, right? You didn't want to be stuck in the nine to five working for the man and having to bow down and play by all those rules. You still have to nurture relationships and be nice, but at the core of this is communication. Now, first off, with clients who are on a completely different value set, it's going to be harder to have those boundaries, which is why when you're in a discovery call, really talking to potential clients and figuring out if they're the right fit for you is important. For me, some of my key values have been having fun, I like honesty, integrity. I don't want to work for a client if I'm not enjoying my time, especially if I'm taking time away from my family and my kids. I want it to be work that I enjoy. I don't want to feel like I am just getting marching orders all the time. I don't want to be treated poorly. Respect is very important for me. So really thinking about what your values are and who you can work for 
most of us here listen to this podcast are moms with young children. We need to be working with clients who understand that, yes, our family might actually come first. Your business might not come first. <laughs> like Doing that client work might not come first. And that doesn't mean you have a bad work ethic or a bad attitude. It just means that you have values and clear boundaries. So I learned this the hard way, and it was especially hard when, as a virtual assistant, I didn't quite have the consistent daycare working hours, and those boundaries were hard because I was working in the cracks of time. I was squeezing in work early mornings. I was squeezing in work at nap times in the evenings. So my business started off with no boundaries. It started off as a side hustle that was work when I can, make some money when I can. But when things switched and kids started doing school, and I got a daycare, and I got a better routine, or even if nap time was more consistent, that really helped to start thinking about boundaries. Like, when did I really want to work? When did I not need to work? And I'm being brutally honest with you. It wasn't always like that. At the beginning, sometimes it feels like you can't quite say no to clients and opportunities. And I know I teach saying yes to get your foot in the door, to get started, especially if you're coming from uh, nothing, when you're just building up your client work and getting that experience, saying yes can be so important. But it also can be really, really bad to work with a bad client, especially early on. That can really damage your ego and hurt your confidence. So you don't need to say yes to any client. So if you're getting some of that spidey sense that this isn't going to be a good fit, listen to that because there are plenty of clients coming. There's plenty of job opportunities right now in this digital world. Now, I am going to tell you a story. I was working with a client for a launch, and the launch went bananas. My client basically became a seven-figure launcher overnight. And that night when we closed the cart, I think it was the cart close night. She panicked and we realized that none of the inside of the membership was quite set up the way she had wanted. It wasn't the best. And so I went into panic mode with her and stayed up, I think, until 3 a.m., fixing the WordPress landing site and stayed up entirely too late, like took on all of the stress from her, not planning, not really predicting a launch like this. And I stayed up way too late. And the next morning, my husband wasn't around. He's military. So he's like never around half the time anyway. I don't know if that was the year he was deployed or what. It's all such a blur. The next day, I was super grouchy. I was such a mean mom. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I yell when I get grouchy and irritable. And I was just completely worn out. And not only that, I had sacrificed my sleep for a client who the next day didn't like the changes I had made, even though I made them with her direction and her input and things she had talked about, it wasn't her vision. So yeah, she was one of those type of clients. It was like not really clear until she saw something, what she really wanted. And I think we've all been there. And so not only that, I stayed up till 3 a.m. helping her make money, impress her new members, and she didn't even like the work. And I realized right then and there, I was never, ever, ever going to stay up until 3 a.m. for somebody else's business. If I did it again, it would be for my own business. And the reason why is 
it just wasn't my broken ego there because she didn't like the work. It was the fact that I had been an enabler. I had made her problem and her lack of planning my problem. And I had been encouraging this by being available and reachable at all times and just taking it all in. And it wasn't my business. I was not reaping the rewards. And this sounds brutal, but just know that I have a heart for the business owners. I work with the small business owners all the time. I love helping them move forward in their business. I love helping them monetize their talent, get that thing going online with a funnel, and it feels so good. And too often, I am on the side of being too empathetic and caring too much about their business. So I just have a heart for that. And so me realizing like, hey, Emily, long term, this business is not going to be there for me. My reputation will be, and of course, all of that will pay off, but I can't do it to my own disadvantage. Like I can't injure myself in the process. So I have learned my lesson the hard way and it took that aha moment and I feel like it was all a good thing because it showed me exactly what I needed to know to move forward. And I hear this a lot sometimes like in the military. Like I hate to be negative about the military. I'm so grateful for my husband's job and his career and all of our opportunities. But at the end of the day, The military is constantly forcing people out. They're playing HR game. They're pushing people out. And after you've done your 20 years, they're done with you. There's nothing left. (laughs) You know, you get your retirement and you move on. So sometimes I have a little bit of a pessimistic attitude. I'm like, why give it all when they're just going to kind of spit you out when you've done your time, right? I mean... God, that sounds so negative saying that out loud, but I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that it happens with other people's businesses too. You still need to look out for you, protect yourself, uh, take on the work you want to, charge your worth, work with the clients you want to, because that in the long term is going to serve you the most. Bending over backwards and enabling business owners is not going to work long term for you especially for your mental sanity, right? We're trying to prevent all of those things like burnout and resentment and and bad relationships, which I totally felt sorry for my kids the next day when mom doesn't get enough sleep. Like, boy, am I grouchy. So let's talk about what boundaries really look like and how you can enforce them. And give yourself the permission to learn on the fly. Like as you do the work, you might discover, hey, I don't like this. I don't like working at this time. I don't want to bring my work with me when I go to my brother's wedding. You know, I don't want to, I want to be able to clock out and turn off the laptop and not be thinking about it. This can be hard for somebody like me who's a bit of a workaholic, who is always wanting to get things done and move forward. So boundaries are just as important for us. So boundaries are when you work and when you don't. Are you available on weekends? Do you work evenings? Think about the times when your clients can expect you to be doing work. And you need to set this up up front. You need to be clear about this up front. Be very, very clear about your working hours. If you're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it's going to get old really fast, right? You're going to get that burnout. So set your hours and stick to them. And if there are times you go over, that's okay. Sometimes we feel passionate about a project or really want to, but it's going to be more important that you don't answer the email. You don't answer the text unless you really have to, unless it's emergency, 
all right? Unless you're some kind of Devil Wears Prada assistant and you need to be available at all times, I really don't think you should. And by answering any of those methods of communication with your client, you're just enabling them and getting them used to you being available, right? And it's okay. Sometimes you have clients who are like, I'm just going to put this in the Slack channel, get to it when you get to it. Like you can control the forms and methods of communication. I had a client whose team would be on Voxer and I swear to God, I would have like 90 Voxer messages to listen to every day and it was horrible. And I needed to really hone in on the messages that were important and not get a lot of chit chat. So I love when a team uses something like Slack because you can have different channels. If I'm working on a different project, I can go into that channel and read what I need to. And then we would have a channel for chit chat and a channel for, I have a channel on my own team for kudos, like brag worthy moments where we get to brag. And then you kind of can control which messages you're receiving and which messages you can delay reading until later. So maybe you do need a work breaker. Or something. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs, design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. So being clear about how your clients can contact you, limit the scope. When my clients reach out to me through Facebook Messenger, Instagram DMs, or Voxers, it gets lost because I'm usually on my phone and then I can't quickly add it to a to-do list. So I want official emails. I want Slack notifications. I want channels that way so I can immediately sit down and log the work into my to-do list, my task list, maybe into Asana, maybe into Trello. So if I'm listening to funny little messages on Facebook, and I'm in the car or at the playground or something, or I'm standing in line at the grocery store, I'm going to totally forget that that was supposed to end up being a to-do thing for me. So think about that. Texting is another big one. Do you want to really open the door for your clients to just text you? Because you'll have the clients that everything is a fire. Everything turns into some burning down house and you are the only person who can fix it. And if you continue to answer and be available, they'll just take advantage of that and know what type of clients you have. Not all of them are like that. Some are very, very aware of how they treat their VA. They can be very clear when they work and when they don't. I know a lot of business owners who schedule days or they'll batch you know, schedule their weeks. So there's certain days that you're not supposed to contact them or they're not working in their business and you have to respect that. So they need to respect yours too. I encourage you to go back and listen to one of my podcasts about essentialism because we talk a lot about this whole concentration of time. Like what do you choose to work on and how do you handle a client who is constantly switching your priorities? That's episode number 40, three rules of essentialism for freelance service providers. It really kind of fits into what we're talking about today. Another thing to think about 
with when you're setting boundaries is what is your turnaround time? It kind of goes along with your availability. But if your clients expect you to just get back within an hour and have the project done, you're going to hose yourself down the road when you have multiple clients or bigger projects. So being clear about when you'll get things back, it's just a little bit of communication that needs to happen. I would put in your main contract I don't know, 48 hours, like definitely overestimate your time and you can always overperform uh, when you want to, but I would definitely not overpromise and hose yourself and I would give yourself plenty of time with the turnaround time. The last thing I want to talk about when it comes to boundaries is the scope of work. Now, a lot of you are very talented, multi-talented. You're good at a lot of things. You have your unicorn skill set with the services you provide. And it can be really easy to open up that Pandora's box of more work. And you might even not do it on purpose. You just can't help yourself. And you see suggestions to try to help your client move forward. And that happens. It happens a lot. And it's really hard to say, hey, that's going to be extra. I can't work on that right now. We're focusing on this. And really reminding them what you agreed to work on and keeping your scope in check. Now, the best way to set some of these boundaries are to lay it out in the contract. We'll get into that a little bit. But I think you've heard of the term scope creep. I first heard about it somewhat recently, maybe a year or two ago, and I thought it was perfect. That happens when you've agreed to certain project obligations and terms, and then you find yourself working on other things, things that you didn't agree to. So you really want to set the scope of what that project or what that agreement is and stick to it and remind your client when they go beyond, when their requests are something new um, other than what you originally discussed. And sometimes... It can be as simple as, you know, we agreed to three revisions for this PDF and now we're going on five. Or maybe you agreed to help work on a website and you realized they have no photos, no branding, no logos. So that's opening up a whole nother thing. You're going to charge for that. You're going to add extra timelines if you do take on that work, but you're going to be very clear and not take on that work for free. So in the beginning, when you're a new freelancer, you might not be clear on your boundaries and you will learn in the moment and you'll know because something will happen to you and you'll realize, hey, that's a deal breaker. I never want to do that again. And that is a ding, 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 your boundary. You need to realize if it starts to make you feel yucky inside, that is a sign that there is a boundary or value issue. So really think about your dream business and how you want to be working. And a lot of advice you get from business coaches is start doing that now. If you only want to be working 25 hours a week in your business, start by doing that now. Start with your boundaries clear as day and build the business that you really dream of. This will force you to keep everything balanced and in check. Now with your clients, how do you enforce these boundaries? My number one thing to do is have them in a contract. When you originally write up your contract, think about that. And you can go download my contract checklist. It's at emilyreaganpr.com slash contract. And there are tons of different things to think about when you are writing your contract and how it fits into your magical skill set. You can go download that and it'll get you thinking. It's not an actual contract template which I give my students inside my crash course, but it's enough to get you started and really thinking about how will you handle these infringements on your boundaries. 
So you'll want to start off the relationship with clear communication and putting this in your contract will just be seen as professional and it will help your client realize from the get-go exactly what you will put up with and what you won't. So thinking about those methods of communication, thinking about the turnaround times, your office hours, when are you available? You can put all of that in your contract and you're cool there, but you also want to think about your fees. Like what happens if your clients need a rush fee or overtime hours? You can add those type of fees or charges for projects that go out of scope or beyond the hours you said you'll work. You can have payment terms in there. When the client will be invoiced for this type of work, what are the payment options and all of that? So you want to have all of that in your contract so it sets you up for success. Now, one other thing you need to think about is how you will tell your clients in the middle of the work. And I think of it like a tantruming three-year-old. If your kid goes to the store, ideally, unless you're one tired mom because you stayed up too late, has a tantrum for a lollipop, are you going to buy your kid the lollipop? Nine times out of 10, no, because you want to teach her, no, you don't go to a store and just have a meltdown and get a lollipop. It was really funny. The other week we were sledding. We had a little bit of snow here in D.C., and we were sledding, and my son actually bit it, literally bit it and bit his tongue, and it was like, (laughs) it was an accident coming because the kids were just sledding and piling up on each other, and I took him home. He was bleeding everywhere. My other daughter was crying because her hands were cold. I took him all home, propped him up in front of the TV, and turned around to leave later, and I had my little nephew with me, and he goes... So if I get in an accident, do I get to come watch a movie? And his mom does not let him watch the movies. And he could just see him connecting the dots there. If I do this kind of behavior, I will be rewarded. And it's almost like he was willing to get in a sledding accident so he could watch TV. I mean, he's that glued to the television sometimes, uh, which is why his mom doesn't want him watching it. So I just saw him connecting those dots. And I'm like, yes, no. It's so easy with little kids. We have to remember that with humans too. Not that we're like the um, all-knowing God here. We're not playing God here and really punishing people, right? And regulating people. We're not the policeman here. But we can teach them how we want to be treated. And coming off with um, these payment terms and boundary limitations in a contract really sets them up for failure. But also, we have to enforce them when they're actually happening. So yeah, your client say you're Emily doing a podcast and you're consistently late to your podcast editor, she has every right to speak up and say, hey, you're breaking the terms. You need to get back on. Because ultimately, she can choose any client she wants. We need to be in good standing. And I need to hold up my end of the bargain so she can do her work. So you reaching out with a email, bringing it up in your team meeting, would be very appropriate to enforce these boundaries and just a gentle, friendly reminder. And my mindset coach friend, Linda Perry, said a good sentence the other day. Really, really good. She's a mindset coach. She said, no is a complete sentence. Yeah, it's true. Let me repeat that. No is a complete sentence. You can say no. You do not have to explain yourself. Your clients will try to push your boundaries and you can say no. And sometimes it's not out of disrespect. Sometimes it's just forgetfulness. They're learning to know how you do your work or there's a simple miscommunication or misunderstanding. But if you can stay consistent and friendly, 
you'll maintain that relationship and you'll stay within the boundaries and you'll basically be honoring your business and your personal life and your values. You can be friendly and you can be firm, but if it's like a tantruming (laughs) toddler, if you don't follow up in that moment, it's going to keep sliding and that behavior is going to keep continuing. You do have some control on how you treat your clients. You do. And you'll learn a lot about yourself as you are in this entrepreneurial journey. Give yourself permission to make mistakes and get better and ultimately protect yourself. Look after yourself. It's so easy to be big-hearted and care about your clients, but you also know that when you set a deadline, you mean it. You know what the consequences are when they're late, how it affects you, and you don't need to take on those problems and that stress. Okay, so I know this is a little bit of a serious episode, but it was needed to be said. So many of you are saying yes to new clients, working with people who have never had a teammate, don't really know how to lead, and it's up to you to really set these boundaries and sometimes steer your new business owner clients, and I know you can do it. So go check out that contract checklist I had in the show notes. You Also, I'd love to have you inside my free Facebook group where we're talking every week with different business owners about their freelance business. And I'll see you next week for the next episode of Unicorns Unite. We'll be talking to Ange Quinn, who is an online business manager and director of operations. And this interview is really, really good. Ange is the type A freelancer. She comes from the corporate world. She's going to be talking about how you can go on a VA journey from VA to being a OBM or DOO. It's going to be really good. I'll see you then. If you're ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become a unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. It does damage with your clients when they don't have the right type of not, I don't want to say it like that. The beginning, sometimes it feels like you can't quite, sorry, that was my phone.